0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. Cougar fans, there is no reason to be apprehensive about it now. You can book it. BYU basketball is headed to the big dance in March.
0: You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And today's show is brought to you by our friends over at GameTime. Download the GameTime app today. Create an account. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. We'll tell you a little bit more as today's show progresses about our friends over at GameTime. But what a win for the BYU basketball program Tuesday night as they upset number eleven Baylor seventy eight to seventy one. Yes, BYU is a top twenty five ranked team, ranked twenty fifth in the country. But that is the best win of the season to date in terms of the overall ranking of the opponent they beat in this season. It is now BYU's third uh, top twenty five uh, win of the season. It gets BYU back above five hundred in Big Twelve play at seven and six. And more importantly, there's no reason to hide from it any longer, my friend. Friends. BYU basketball is a lock to go to March Madness. In many people's eyes, it was going to take essentially one big win for BYU to lock up their dance card in uh, the big dance uh, coming up next month, and this one will do it. Because Baylor is one of those teams, just like BYU, is going to be playing in March and will be playing in the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament, and BYU handled them. This was a game that started pretty auspiciously for BYU. They hold behind 8-0, it was 13-0 eight at one point and Baylor could not miss. They were seven of eight to start this game from the field shooting. And BYU uh, was, I think, three of twelve at one point, and uh, Mark Pope said at post game that he said he, his his guys never had much fear of falling behind in this game because, as he mentioned, they were finding second chance opportunities. Now BYU, in terms of second chance points in this game, won that one handily, twenty to four, and all twenty of those points were critical to BYU's victory in this game. You don't win this game without that. You don't win this game without winning the rebounding battle, but. Most most importantly, BYU got back to playing the defense we had come to know them having played all season long. They got away from it against UCF. They got away from it against Oklahoma State. But Jackson Robinson said a post game, I was sitting right there, he said that we had to make a renewed effort on the defensive side of the basketball. That's exactly what BYU did in this game. You hold Baylor to 71 points. And those of you who are interacting with me on our Lockdown Cougars Insider group during the game, uh, a couple of you asked me, like, What's the point total for BYU to get this win? They've got to keep. Baylor to 70 or under? Well, 71 points will do the trick, and BYU did exactly what they needed to do to win this game. Yes, I've got no qualms in saying that BYU has punched their ticket to March Madness. Now, the biggest thing for BYU at this point is, can you pick up another win on the road? You have three road games remaining. You also have two home games remaining, five games to go in the conference run. Three and three, you'll be nine and nine uh, in terms of the final six. So this is one win, and you pick up two more. You're probably likely to finish nine and nine in the conference. And I have said on this podcast for all season that if BYU were to go to five hundred in Big Twelve play, they'd be a single digit seed and be a very advantageous spot going in to the NCAA tournament. You can pick off a win potentially as soon as this weekend when you go to Kansas State out there in Manhattan. You win that one, and you're potentially going four and two down the stretch. Are you playing for seating to potentially play in Salt Lake City? That is the stakes that are at, uh, at, 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 I guess, in play, I should say, for the BYU men's basketball program right now. It's a huge win. There's no hiding from it. You go out there and you control a team, speaking of Baylor, that has got a national pedigree. This is a Baylor program that routinely has collected Final Four appearances. Scott Drew has done incredible things in his 21 seasons as Baylor's head coach, but he, in his post-game uh, comments, gave all the credit. credit to BYU Jalen Bridges said that the environment inside the Marriott Center was a sellout 17,700 plus view were in attendance at this game, and he said it was as good as any of the environments he's seen in the Big 12, including Fog Allen Fieldhouse where BYU will be a week from yesterday. They'll be out there at Kansas next Tuesday. He said it's as good as any environment in the Big 12, and I think that's one of the underrated things that BYU has been banking on all season long, is that when opponents come to Provo, they come to elevation, but more importantly, they come and face an absolute wall of sound, especially from the BYU student section. It was impressive. I sat there on media row just absolutely flabbergasted at the overall uh, just uh, noise inside this building. There have been some really really electric crowds this season for BYU their first year in the Big 12 Conference but I gotta say this Baylor game might take the cake in terms of just the overall energy, the buzz the overall cacophony of sound that existed in this game absolutely incredible. The other thing about this is that BYU got a, a kind of a throwback performance to earlier this season from Ali Khalifa. This is The guy, remember, he was... essentially uh, on his bed for two weeks straight dealing with illness. And as Mark Pope pointed out post-game, he finally, in many respects, got back to playing the way that he'd been playing for long stretches of the season. 14 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 0 turnovers. Those are masterful numbers. John Rothstein said that he's going to become a darling of March Madness uh, in his uh, post-game tweets about BYUs. He's got an old-school game, but people are going to fall in love with him. I've got no reason to disagree with that. The other thing about this game for BYU is they made 12 of their 36 attempts from three. Actually, I I might have screwed that up. Let me be able to check on that as we're talking here. Uh, 14 of 36 from the field, from three, uh, shooting 38.9%. They're verging on the 40% mark. They're back above 34, or maybe 35 attempts in this game from three. And each one of those threes came in a big time for BYU. The other thing I really liked about this game was BYU's uh, defensive prowess on the perimeter. This is a Baylor team with Jacoby Walter as well as a number of these other guys that they have, Nunn, uh, uh, Jalen Bridges, and uh, Ray J. Davis, uh, Ray J. Dennis, excuse me, their ability to penetrate from the perimeter uh, causes all kinds of issues for opposing teams. And i got to give credit to Jackson Robinson, Richie Saunders, Spencer Johnson, on down the list for their ability to lock those guys up. Jackson Robinson is going to point to this game against Baylor when it comes to his NBA draft uh, potential and say, that's the type of defense I'm capable of playing. He locked up Jacoby Walter for long stretches of this game. And Jacoby Walter, by many respects, is a uh, potential first-round if not a lottery pick in this year's NBA draft. And Jackson Robinson just absolutely was a dog on defense, and it was awesome to see. So this is a huge win for BYU. There's no other way to uh, to swan it otherwise other than it's a major win. It got BYU back into the win column in a major, major way and got some national buzz about this program once again that w- was lost a little bit because of that disappointing loss to Oklahoma State. This is the right way for BYU to bounce back and uh, as some of the media members I talked with post game mentioned, isn't it, wouldn't it be the most BYU thing, and we actually talked about this pregame, wouldn't it be the most BYU thing to lose to Oklahoma State on the road and return home and upset a, top, a near top 10 ranked Baylor team? Be a very BYU thing and that's exactly what BYU did. So celebrate it folks. This is a big, big win for Mark Pope and his squad. Now they've got a ton of momentum as they head into a very tough two game stretch in uh, the Sunflower State as they head to Kansas, as they will take on Kansas State on Saturday and make their first ever trip as a Big 12 member to Fog Allen Fieldhouse on Tuesday when they face off at Kansas Jayhawks. If you pick off one of those two wins for BYU, I think it's more and more likely that BYU finishes the season four and two in their final six game stretch. And if you can pull that off, uh, who knows? what the seating might hold for you. So you still have home games against TCU. You do have to travel to Iowa State in your final road game. That's going to be a very tough place to play. But then you have a home game for the regular season finale on March 9th against Oklahoma State as you head into a Big 12 Conference uh, championship play out there in Kansas City. If BYU goes 4-2 and two now, in this case, they would be 3-2 uh, and two in the final five games. That's a team for BYU that is very much in the mix to potentially play in Salt Lake City and play in front of what would essentially be a home crowd inside the Delta Center. So get excited, be be ecstatic, because th- that's a major, major win for BYU. There was no fluke about this. BYU took control of this game with an 8-0 run after that Richie Saunders flagrant foul and never relinquished control of this game. It was awesome to see. This is a BYU team that's locked in from the tip, played all 40 minutes, did not allow uh, Baylor to really, Uh, control things after about 10 minutes to go in this game and that is maybe the most comprehensive victory of the season to date and obviously the biggest win in terms of the ranking of the opponent that BYU notched and it's a fun one. It was really, really fun to be there, and I'm looking forward to seeing how BYU carries this forward now into a two-game stretch on the road at Kansas State at noon on Saturday and then the following uh, Tuesday as they take on uh, Kansas. That'll be at 6 o'clock out there at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. You pick off both of those wins, what are you talking about? it be a three, a seed? it would be incredible, but a lot of momentum right now. Can BYU bottle that up and take it on the road with them? We're about to find out. Cause it's a very, very interesting two game stretch as you head out to Kansas this coming weekend. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we're going to talk some BYU football. I-, I promised you we'd be doing these, uh, position group, uh, previews heading into spring ball for BYU. I told you yesterday, we're going to talk about BYU's tight ends. We'll talk about that next. And then come up a little bit later on. I have got a bone to pick with college basketball and their officiating. Yes, there is a rant coming Zach. So if you're ready for it, I, I know who you are, Zach. If you want to rant, just get ready for it. It's all coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. If you guys want to get tickets to the events you want to go to, whether it's theater, comedy, music, sports, or anything else, frankly, that you need a ticket to, Game Time is the place for you. They got an incredible app. They got killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from receipt, and their best price guarantee. It takes all of the guesswork out of buying the tickets and allows you to kind of focus on your opportunity to go enjoy the event you're looking forward to going to. They got last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, and have also the low, pr- low price guarantee along with event cancellation protection. Job loss protection and even more—it's all courtesy of your friends over at Game Time. The best part is with zone deals, you pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for big time savings. And if you have find a better seat for a better price, or excuse me, a seat on the same row for a better price, their guarantee will credit you one hundred and ten percent of the difference back to you. That is the guarantee from our friends at Game Time. So get online today and take advantage of their offer today. Download the Game Time app today. Use the promo code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first. First, uh, first uh, uh, purchase, excuse me, promo code locked on L O C K E D O N on the Game Time app. Get twenty dollars off your first ticket uh, purchase from our friends at Game Time. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June thirty.
1: Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. want to remind you guys that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube and now is also available on Amazon Fire TV and also in the Free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for your 24-7 covering the top star- sports stories of the day like today's, uh, uh, yesterday's win I should say, over uh, Baylor for BYU Basketball. Also has uh, local experts of Locked On plus national shows covering every league as well. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on YouTube as- as well as the free Fire TV channels app in your Amazon Fire TV uh, TV or uh, just a desktop set. But appreciate you guys uh, supporting that venture. All right, let's talk some BYU football now. The BYU tight end position has been dominated for the past three or four years by one name, and that's Isaac Rex. He was the position, for lack of a better term, for BYU at tight end. Well, he has now moved on, looking forward uh, to seeing how he does in the pro ranks, hopefully gets a good run in the NFL, notwithstanding some of the injury concerns, particularly the dislocated uh, compound, uh, compound dislocation of his ankle he had against USC at the tail end of 2021, but he has rebounded very, very nicely and looking forward to seeing what his future holds for him but that leaves a void at the top of the BYU tight end position that is expected to be filled by a number of guys who are aspirants uh, during a spring camp this year of being the guy to replace Isaac Rex and kind of cement themselves atop the depth chart. Now, will that ultimately come to fruition? Only time will tell because you have a number of guys who, as I mentioned, are looking forward to making their name known to BYU fans. The other thing about spring camp for BYU is, frankly, there's a lot of... uh, should we say window dressing? We don't get to see all of practice as a media core. So uh, take everything that we say essentially with a grain of salt because really uh, there can be some fool's gold when it comes to this. But there are some great names and some great athletes at this tight end position. And hopefully, fingers crossed, BYU can find maybe one, two, three guys maybe that can potentially contribute in a, a big way for BYU I think the top contenders for the job belong to some of the I guess I'd say veterans of the position group those uh, names would essentially be Mataava Taase now he came to BYU as a walk-on transfer from southern Utah last year and very early on in training camp established himself as the number two pass catching uh, tie to them for BYU and uh, he very much looked the part now he didn't get a ton of game time and the overall receptions but keep an eye on Taase this is going to be a big spring for him to really show he's taking strides and and kind of refining his game he needs to be a better blocker but his uh, pass catching ability it can't be discounted and he already has experience in this offense. So expect to see his name uh, in the mix. Also keep an eye on Ray Paulo. Now Ray Paulo was a junior college transfer that joined BYU late last year and is a guy that BYU thinks has got incredible athleticism that should yield itself to playing a role similar to what Mason Wake used to play for BYU where he kind of plays some fullback some H-back and true tight end uh, for BYU. I really like Ray Paulo's size. 6'3", 255 pounds and this is a guy who is played a number of positions in his football career to date. Uh, We talked about him a while back on this podcast. He started out as a safety and then has uh, moved his way from the uh, linebacker to defensive end now to tight end, but his athleticism shines through on film and BYU coaches are very, very high on his ability. Will spring camp uh, be his coming out party? We will see. The other name to keep an eye on in terms of a returner that's on the roster currently that hopes to have a healthy run this season is Ethan Erickson. Aaron Roderick said not that long ago, was back in 2021 that he believed that Ethan Erickson could be the, I, I interpret it as like the heir apparent to what Isaac Rez, Rex was for the BYU football program. Well, since that time, during t- the 2022 season, he got some action, but then uh, 2023, a lot of injuries kind of sidelined him. And the hope is that spring will be his ability to get back on the field and show the prodigious talent that BYU coaches were very, very high on about him and his ability to be a difference maker at tight end. He's got the requisite size himself, since 6'5", 240 pounds. He's just a redshirt sophomore at Alaie Hawaii and Akuhuku High School, and he wants nothing more than to show what he's capable of. We talked with him, I think, at the tail end of spring camp last year, and he was hopeful of making a a really good impression during the summer and training camp, and then injuries kind of hit him, and we'll see if he's able to kind of return and reestablish himself in that pecking order, as, as it were, for BYU at the tight end position, but he's got capability. Now other names to keep an eye on in terms of guys that are on the roster that are holdovers from last year include Mason Fakahua who's more of a fullback than he is a tight end but he'll be looking to show what his his capability is. Also keep an eye on Bentley Redden. Now he's a former standout tight end of the high school ranks. Went on a mission, came home uh, originally didn't aspire to play football anymore. Then decided he, he missed it and has joined the BYU football program. Still needs to gain some weight. It lists him at 6'5", 225 pounds and that's a svelte 225 pounds. If he truly is weighing that. We'll see if he's able to make an impression in spring camp. And then two walk-ons as well to keep an eye on. Anthony Olsen, who's got incredible athleticism, has made some incredible catches during spring and training camps. Uh, Can he move up the depth chart? And then also Nason Coleman, who is a little bit shorter but a great athlete nonetheless, 6'2", 235 pounds, as a guy that'll be looking to make a name for himself in spring camp. There are also also two freshmen that you need to keep an eye on. I have mentioned these two guys because I believe that they are the two Um, pieces of the future for BYU's tight end position. Uh, That would be Jackson Bowers, who will be a redshirt freshman this season out of uh, Mountain View High School down there in Mesa, Arizona. There was some thought that he may come in and make a push for playing time as a freshman, and it never happened. Uh, They're... I don't know what happened, frankly. Uh, I, I I was told that he had all the ability to come in and be an impact player as a freshman and maybe make a, an impression as a backup tight end, but it didn't work out that way this past season. Spring is a critical time for him to come in and show that what he is capable of. And then his running mate, a guy that he is very familiar with, who is a true freshman that has enrolled early at BYU, is Reiner Swanson. A, a true freshman out of Laguna Beach High School, has plans to play one year for BYU this year. But the one thing about Reiner... It's similar to Jackson Bowers coming out of high school. He's got the body and it seems like on film the skill set to be a guy that can contribute right away for BYU. Will Reiner accomplish what Jackson Bowers couldn't accomplish and see time early on? in his freshman campaign that remains to be determined. But those two as four star prospects, they are some of the highest rated guys BYU has signed in their past couple of recruiting classes. And you better believe that BYU hopes that they can pan out on the field and start to really uh, show what they're capable of because they were prodigious talents at the high school level. And you don't bring in guys that have four star ratings like this. And essentially say, you're sitting on the bench. They're expected to play. And Kevin Gilbride is the new tight ends coach. His job, is to get the most out of these guys and the one final name I'll, I'll mention to you guys to keep an eye on is he is a guy who's recently returned home from a mission uh, is uh, Noah Moyaki. Now Noah I don't believe is enrolled right away for BYU. Maybe he enrolls uh, later on this spring but uh, he had a lot of offers coming out of high school at American Fork High School up the road from BYU both as a defensive end, a linebacker and a tight end. BYU lists, lists him as a tight end so uh, I don't believe he got home soon enough to enroll role for winter semester so I would not expect to see him in spring ball but if somehow they did get him enrolled and he's able to participate uh, keep an eye on him. He has got the ability to uh, be a guy that BYU is very high on his last name should sound familiar because he's related to all the Moiakis who have played football both at the college and NFL levels and oh by the way he has an uncle by the name of Harvey Unga who happened to be a star for BYU and is currently on the coaching staff as well so he's got great bloodlines and so keep an eye on his name as well but But this tight end position group, I really, really am high on in terms of the overall depth and breadth of the talent there. But because Isaac Rex dominated so much of this position group, like I said, for the past four seasons, in essence, they need some guys or a guy to step forward and stake claim to the starting position and obviously lead this position group forward. My money is on a guy like Mata Taase being the early leader in that uh, running for the, the leader of this position group, but keep an eye on those two freshmen, uh, Reiner Swanson and Jackson Bowers. BYU fans are eager to see those two talents on the field, and I Kevin Gilbride will give them every opportunity to prove what they're capable of, but the overall gist of what I'm taking away from BYU's tight end position entering spring ball is there is a lot of guys there. There's a lot of talent... Who ultimately is going to step forward and stake claim to the successor role of Isaac Rex's throne uh, as BYU star tight end? And we'll see. I I think there's a lot of opportunity there, and I'm excited to see how it progresses during spring ball Uh, coming up here. We're just over a week away uh, from BYU kicking it off, a week from tomorrow. Geez, crazy enough. uh, February 29th to get going, obviously, and we'll uh, have plenty of updates for you guys in the days and weeks to come right here on the podcast. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll finish out today's. Addition to the show. Uh, looking at BYU uh, news of other uh, uh, circumstances, there's an update on uh, BYU uh, baseball and their game today. Uh, they are back in action as they take on Cal. We'll talk about all that as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Now FanDuel's been with us for months now and they want you guys to have some fun this NBA season and essentially get buckets with your first bet over at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers you get $150 in bonus bets thats 150 1-5-0, $150 in bonus so it's any winning $5 bet. Simple as that my friends, it's $150 if your bet wins. It couldn't be uh, much better in terms of uh, what you have to put at stake versus what you can reap from our friends at FanDuel. The best part is you can bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams, and even college basketball as well, with uh, quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props to our friends at FanDuel, but also simple things, money line, over, under, spreads, whatever you're interested in, they have got the options for you guys. The funny thing about this was, last night, thinking back to BYU and Baylor, the line had set kind of sat at 2.5 points in favor of BYU, and then it moved uh, towards BYU. I saw it as a high as 4.5 points from our friends at FanDuel. They knew something about BYU and BYU. BYU. BYU did cover that, uh, winning by seven points. So a a big win for BYU. You could have cashed in on that with our friends at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and shoot your shot today. Once again, $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. Simple as that. FanDuel.com slash lockdown is where you need to go get it started. It's all courtesy of your friends over at FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to encourage you guys, if you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing and joining our uh, Locked On Cougars Insider Group. Uh, The link to it is in our show notes. Get a 14-day free trial. that gets updates sent directly to your phone via text message from myself. You can fire back with questions, comments, concerns, whatever you guys have got. Uh, Also, we've been giving away BYU basketball tickets all season long uh, and a lot of you have asked recently, hey, where are those tickets gone? They're going to our Locked On Cougars Insider Group. So it's, it's a great way to interact with the show. It supports the show financially because it's a 14-day free trial and just $5 a month afterwards. I appreciate all the support you guys have given this show. Even if you can't afford uh, to join it, I I truly do appreciate any and all support, whether you download, watch, subscribe, rate, review, all the things you guys do to support this show. This is just one more way, if you're interested in doing it, that's our Locked On Cougars Insider Group. Uh, Click on the show notes uh, below, whether you're watching this on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and join us there and get in uh, with our our really, really really fun uh, group we've got going over there. All right. Uh, Before we go on today's show last night, BYU won the basketball game, but I continue to be reminded that the big 12, and this is not just the big 12. This is college basketball as a whole has an officiating problem. And I don't mean any, any ill will towards any individual uh, college basketball official, but holy smokes. Can we get some people who are more competent at their job? And here... Bear with me for a minute here. I am watching uh, basketball, and I, frankly, I struggle with basketball because officials can have an undue uh, imprint or overall um, impact on games because of the calls that they can make. But the game against Baylor last night made zero sense in terms, in terms of the overall logic of how these officials officiated this game. At one point, one of the officials turned around and told Cahill Fennell, you pretty much plant your butt on that bench or else I'm going to give you a technical. Even though Cahill Fennell, all he's doing is trying to communicate the defensive sets to his team. Get out of the way. The Stripes, the Zebras, whatever you want to term them, are ruining college basketball. They're ruining the best league in the country in the Big 12. And trust me, this is not just a BYU thing. I watched the Iowa State-Baylor game uh, Monday night, and that was a wrestling match that uh, happened to have a basketball that went in the hoop a little bit. Uh, And the officials are getting in the way of me enjoying a game that should uh, be much more enjoyable than it is. I'm going to rant about this, and I don't frankly care what uh, some of you may think. The Big 12 and college basketball need to get something sorted out. I don't know what it is. Do you need to fire them all and have them reapply for their jobs like Bronco Mendenhall did once upon a time uh, to his offensive coaching staff? Maybe so. Maybe you need to weed out some of these guys and just encourage them, you know what, maybe you should retire. Get some younger blood in here that's a little more, um, I don't know, on top of things. There were just bizarre calls. Mark Pope uh, got a technical in that game against Baylor for stomping on the court after what was a bad call, uh, honestly. Uh, Trey Stewart, by the way, uh, he gets an offense, uh, excuse me, uh, gets a foul called on Baylor when he flew from like 10 feet away into a Baylor player trying to rebound a basketball. Some of the the nonsense that gets called in in games like this and other stuff that doesn't get called, some of the hand-holding, the the hand-checking, I should say, the grabbing, the holding that happens away from the basketball... Okay, either you call everything or don't call everything, but don't make it up on the fly as you go. Some of these college basketball officials seem to lose the plot, and it, it, it frankly is ruining uh, a sport that should be far more attractive than it is, especially in a league that has as much talent top to bottom in terms of the overall uh, uh, teams in the big, like the Big Twelve, does. It's ruining. It's frankly, it's ruining the spectacle of what should be college basketball. I know that guys like Mike Littlewood, the former BYU baseball coach, he now works once again as a college basketball official. It was something he did when he was the head coach at Dixie State, uh, now Utah Tech, uh, when he they were Division II school, if I recall correctly. He worked as a Division One uh, basketball official, and then when he was the head coach at BYU, he actually continued on as a an officiating. Uh, they have guys who like grade the other officials, and that's what he was doing in a to his duties as BYU baseball head coach before he resigned his position, well, he's back on the court. But uh, here's the thing. By and large, college basketball officials are a blight on this sport. It needs to be corrected. I don't know what the right answer is because this is a rant. I don't have the answers that I am seeking myself, but holy cow. Can we get some more competent people out there? Yes, I know that basketball is extremely tough to officiate. I, I get that. I Trust me. I've uh, tried to officiate college, uh, not college, uh, tried to officiate church ball games, and it's like hurting cats. I, I get that it's tough, but these guys are paid way too much, and they have way too much undue influence on outcomes of games to be as bad as they are. So... Sorry for the rant, but even though BYU won that game and uh, they did it handily, they still struggled with the officiating, and it just it needs to be better. It has to be better because this is a sport that already suffers from an image uh, crisis that kind of gets overshadowed by so many other sports. It's the kind of the stepbrother to the NBA. It's uh, looked down on by college football and the NFL and some of these uh, baseball uh, when it gets into March and that type of stuff. You need to be able to establish yourself. But when officials are ruining uh, the viewer experience, whether it's in person or on TV, that's a bad look. So uh, best of luck. But I just, it's got to be better. I, 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 I cannot understand for the life of me why college basketball officiating is so bad. But alas... It is what it is. All right, uh, one other note real quick before we go on today's show. Uh, Two more notes, excuse me. BYU Baseball is in action tonight. They take on the Cal Bears. They're at Cal out there in the Bay Area. It's a 6.05 Mountain Time start. You can uh, track live stats on BYUcougars.com. It is streaming on Pac12.com, if I recall correctly, and also on BYU Radio if you want to tune in that way. Also, BYU Women's Basketball is in action tonight as they take on TCU at the Marriott Center. If you want to get out and watch BYU Women's Basketball, they uh, take on the Horned Frogs at 7 o'clock. That'll be on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus streaming and also on BYU Radio 107.9 FM uh, if you want to tune into the radio call of that game. So that's all, what I got for you guys on this Wednesday edition of the show. But hey, overall message. Celebrate the win. A huge win for BYU basketball. We'll be talking about that a little bit more, some of the other outcomes of that on tomorrow's show. We'll also talk more BYU football. Our position group previews roll on. We'll probably flip back over to the defense tomorrow and talk about BYU's cornerbacks. It feels like a good time to talk about a position group that lost a lot of talent from last year, but I think has a lot of young talent that's waiting in the wings to step up, and spring should give them that opportunity to do so. So we'll talk about all of that on tomorrow's show. But a big thank you, as always, for your support of the podcast. I cannot do it with you out you guys so really do appreciate any and all of you uh, no matter how you consume this content I cannot thank you enough for your support thank you for making it your first listen today thank you to all of you who are everyday with us here as well and until tomorrow this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast
0: Hey Prime members you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music download the Amazon Music app today